0: Welcome to the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast. I'm Dr. Jay Calvert. I am here with my very infrequently operative plastic surgery buddy since we are on lockdown, Dr. Millicent Rovello.
1: Well, good evening, and thank you for the long-winded, if not accurate, introduction.
0: I know. Well, I was just thinking, if we don't do any more plastic surgery to the level we did before, then we'll have to change the name of this podcast.
1: We'll have to call it, what should we call it?
0: Beverly Hills plastic surgeons in captivity podcast
1: the former plastic surgeons of Beverly Hills
0: former soon to be again someday laying in waiting plastic surgery podcast something
1: hashtag coronavirus sucks
0: hashtag when is this over
1: yeah no doubt well we've done our share of talking about coronavirus and we're going back to our roots to what we do and what we love which is plastic surgery
0: and I have waiting in the wings right now that are like, when do we schedule? When do we schedule? I know. When do we schedule? No less than five breast lifts.
1: Oh, no way. Way. Well, that works because today we are talking about breast lifts.
0: And we're not talking about just any old breast lift. We're talking about all sorts of different techniques that you can use to bring the breast the nipple areolar complex, the whole shebang into the right position on the chest wall.
1: Correct. So a breast lift is also called a mastopexy. That's our fancy doctor term for basically a breast lift. And when you're talking about a breast lift, it really is, you have to think of the breast with two different components. There's maybe three. The breast tissue itself. The mound. The mound. The breast skin. And then the nipple areolar complex. And all three of those components can be addressed or not addressed, depending on you know what needs to be done and for what reason.
0: The nipple areolar complex usually gets. When I say those words to patients, I usually get that like crooked-headed puppy look, like, <laughs> and they they go, "What is that?" So I want to define what that is for our listeners. The nipple areolar complex is the colored portion of the skin and the nipple itself, the nipple where a baby would latch on and right. get the breast milk from. Right. But it's also the that sort of somewhere between a quarter and pancake size skin that is colored, usually darker than the uh, surrounding skin. And it's important to understand that because when people, like sometimes people say, well, how do you put the implant through the nipple? And I said, no, we go through the areola. And they go, what's that? So I want everybody to know what that is because... When we define how much sagging there is in a breast, we tend to refer to the nipple areolar complex or the nipple itself. And it's it's just a matter of how far, pointing to the ground, that nipple has gotten.
1: Right. And that's usually why women come in, because that's an easy marker for them to see and to notice when that nipple starts to descend. And it can be for a variety of reasons. I do have some women that are young in their early 20s that just for whatever reason have always had loose skin and low-hanging breasts and it's always bothered them. But traditionally, it's going to be in my women that have had children that have breastfed and or are just a little bit older and with time and with gravity the breast has lost some of its perky volume, the skin has stretched out, and as a result of those two things, really, the nipple has started to descend.
0: Yeah, and that that's the key because there's grade one, two, three, and four, and we call that descent, that sagging ptosis, which mm-hmm. is a fancy medical term for Sagging, sagging. I know it's Dropping, not. No one wants drooping. to hear you
1: have saggy breasts. But when you say you have grade two ptosis, patients are like, "You're right, I do." Yeah,
0: it sounds much better. It sounds like it's a it's a condition it's that a can condition. be treated. And it, and can. it is. And it is. We're we're all over that man. I mean, that's the way that this works. So yeah, the grade one is sort of the normal position. Grade two is when you start to see descent of the nipple or complex to some amount of. Uh, that that it's lower than its normal position. Usually we use the inframammary fold projected, the inframammary fold being the crease where the breast meets the chest wall, projected through the breast and showing that the nipple should be about at that level. So when it starts to go below that, uh, then you can have uh, grade two. Then grade three is when it's somewhere between like pointing at the ground and, and grade two. And grade four ptosis is when it's pointing at the ground. That's it. Um, but we should also talk about pseudotosis. And pseudotosis that's
1: was the next one I was going to get to. And I will say, this is neither here nor there and more academic than necessary. The grading has changed. And I've noticed that between people in my era of training and then other eras of training, now they only do three grades. But that's interesting.
0: Oh, really? They got rid yeah. of grade three?
1: Uh, grade four. So They got rid of grade four. Yes. Yeah, so now it's... So now... Sorry, see how old I Sorry am? listeners. Now it's getting really nerdy. Grade one is at the level of the IMF. Right. Two is below it. Three is pointing to the ground.
0: Oh, I see. Because they didn't really want to have a two or a three.
1: So, and then normal is just any nipple that's sitting above the, the IMF.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. Because we were, I think, on my board exam, it was four. I think it was four grades.
1: Yeah, no, the fours were a thing like for a while, but they don't teach and that nine anymore. anymore.
0: No. Mm-hmm.
1: But then the other—I th- better
0: know that because I got my in-service coming <laughs> you up. Know, there you go. Well, <laughs> I don't want to well, get that one wrong.
1: You're welcome. <laughs> I got a
0: 92 on my on my uh, research. You know, because we have to. By the way, everybody, we have to recertify as board-certified plastic surgeons every ten years. That's right. And mm-hmm. so you have to know these things. So I need to know that there's no more no grade, grade three, four. or no more grade four. Or there's yeah. just grade one, one two, two, and three. three. Wow, yeah. that's good. See, I learned something doing my podcast. There you
1: go. And then the other. It
0: also shows you just how old I am.
1: (laughs) I was going to say a different era. That makes you sound even older. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah, a different era. Like, it's like, seriously?
0: (laughs) I mean, come on. I'm not. All right. I am that old. It's okay. It's good.
1: So, pseudotosis. Pseudotosis is when the nipple is actually in a relatively good position, it's either above or sort of just at the level of the fold but the breast tissue and skin hangs below it. So it can be kind of deceiving if you're just looking in the mirror because it looks like the nipple is in the middle of the breast. But if you actually examine it, you will find that a large portion of the breast is hanging below the fold.
0: Right, and that really has implications for Getting the, like if there's no tissue up top, people are looking for, you know, upper pole fullness instead of just skin stretched over ribs and then boom, here's the breast. You know, they want to have that upper pole fullness so it looks beautiful. And if you have pseudotosis, sometimes you're talking about how to get that breast mound up, you know, and really we're talking about lifts, you know, exclusively. Whether you add implants or not to it is kind of a a different different topic. topic, So we're just going to stick to breast lifts.
1: And uh, one other important distinction. Before moving on, is um, the difference between a lift and a reduction? Because oh, I yeah, think yeah. some patients sure. use that interchangeably. And by definition, a reduction, a breast reduction done to remove breast tissue because the patients think their breasts are too large or because they're causing problems with back pain, you are actually removing breast tissue. But yeah,
0: that's a reduction. That's a
1: reduction. But included in that is a lift. You're taking out skin and you're moving the nipple up. So, I do get patients coming in for breast reductions who say, well, you're going to do a lift as well. Well, by definition, yes. It's, it's all part and parcel. Now, if you're just talking about a breast lift, that doesn't include a reduction. Sometimes you have to take a little bit of breast tissue just to manipulate things around, but that's not the goal. The goal is to leave as much breast tissue behind as you can and just remove the extra skin and lift that nipple up.
0: Yeah, I mean the lift is really all about beautification of the breast, you know, to try to make that youthful, perky, beautiful breast uh, by you know doing these various techniques, which we'll talk about in a second. But uh, the reduction is more of typically a much more medically necessary procedure, although some mastopexies, especially in the massive weight loss patient. Are covered by insurance because of the skin on skin intertrigo, right. and and I've I've done mastopexies where there's there's no breast to reduce. Yeah, You're It's just all just putting skin, skin, skin up there, skin, and skin. that's yeah. that. <laughs> and you and they have bad rashes and intertrigo. So, and that intertrigo is just when you get that rash between the skin on skin of the breast and the abdomen.
1: Right. So I think let's go through a little bit the different kinds of lifts, and I think probably the most important thing, and pertinent thing to the patients is what kind of scar am I going to have. And that's a very important question, and it's very, you know, important to everybody because that's what they see. And really the kind of scar you're going to have is sort of dependent on the severity of your ptosis. You know, if you come in with very, very, you know, tautic, sagging breasts, you're going to have larger scars. But kind of just going, you know, I'll talk about some of the smaller ones. So there's the periareolar. Lift or the circumferential lift, and that involves patients that don't really need a whole lot of lift of the nipple, um, but maybe just a little bit. They're maybe right at the fold or a little bit below it, and that involves an incision which just goes around the nipple, so there's no scars on the actual breast itself, but just around that dark around area the of the yeah. areola. Right. That's where you're going to see your scar, and so that is. I usually save that or do that if I'm also putting in an implant, but it's very unusual for me to just do a pure periareolar or circumferential lift. There's that patient is very rare.
0: Yeah, it's mostly because I don't. Uh, the reason I don't do it, and I'm not sure your reasoning, but the the reason I don't do it is I don't like to flatten the breast. And yeah. When you do a periareolar, yeah. you don't get breast projection. No, you not flatten at all. the breast.
1: That's why, especially if, if it's for a larger patient, so. If someone comes in and they're very adamant that they don't want scars on their breast and they just want it around the areola, that's what you have to tell them. Like, the larger you are and the bigger your your breast is and the larger it has to move, the more flat your breast is going to look afterwards. That's why I really only do it for a very, very small lift if needed.
0: Yeah, I agree. And then the next progression on that is to do a little bit of a vertical scar Mm -hmm. with the periareolar. Yeah. Which uh, is called, you know, either the lollipop scar, yeah. vertical mastopexy, vertical lift. I like this operation yeah. because this gives to. you the this gives you projection. You know, mm-hmm. when you take some skin out in the vertical, it get it lets you project the yes. the breast mound. You and kind the, of push it That's right, because you're yeah. taking the skin from below out, bring it together, and it and this. This is really for patients that don't need a ton of skin taken out of the lower pole of the breast, but they want the projection, and they are willing to have the vertical scar between the areola and the inframemory fold.
1: Right. exactly. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's a lollipop. If you think of the nipple-areolar complex as the actual lollipop, and then the vertical scar as sort of the stick. So I really like that and one. it does sound good. And I it's always, a lollipop. Who doesn't a, want a lollipop absolutely. lift? <laughs> you know,
0: why not? That sounds great. Name stuff after yeah. food. People want to have People it.
1: People love it. That's right.
0: Um, I want and, gummy bear implants. Yeah,
1: yeah that's right. Gummy bear implants with the lollipop lift. Are they good? <laughs> well,
0: I don't really love them, but you know, they sure sound tasty.
1: <laughs> so funny.
0: Yeah,
1: um, yeah and that's, that's a great option. I use that one a lot. I use that one a lot with um, implants as well. And then the one I'll that be doing
0: the Jolly Rancher facelift. The Yeah, it's really you. It's it's fun. It's jolly. It's a Jolly Rancher, jolly facelift. rancher facelift. People will have it. They'll be like, "I want the Jolly Rancher facelift."
1: You should patent that right now. Do you jolly want rancher that? Or do you want the Jolly com. Rancher?
0: <laughs> like, what do you want? Do you actually want the candy or you want this operation? They're two different things. <laughs> All right, never mind. Sorry.
1: Moving just, on. Past the lollipop. Mm-hmm. We're moving past that.
0: Yeah, but now we go to the anchor.
1: The anchor. <laughs> the dreaded anchor. Everyone is, is so worried about the anchor. But um, this is money. It is. It's, it's way to so be. necessary sometimes. So basically the anchor is exactly what you think of when you think of an anchor Or you can think of it as a lollipop with an extension along the fold. So you have a scar that goes around the nipple areolar complex. You have the vertical component coming down. And then you have a horizontal scar that runs along the fold. And that can go from anywhere from a couple of centimeters to the entire length of the fold, depending on how much skin you have to take out.
0: Right. And this is when you have a lot of skin between the nipple itself and the inframammary fold right. and or or the nipple
1: is really low down yeah,
0: yeah if you need to get skin out in that dimension then this is the way to do it because you can't take it out all vertically i always think if i'm going to have a scar on the vertical longer than eight centimeters then it's too yes. much
1: yeah mine's about seven yeah, yeah. I, mean, I have to and and even if it's you know seven eight nine centimeters those aren't those patients aren't going to need a long horizontal extension and it's really no. it's it, the breast it covers it you barely see it now some patients definitely need the longer the full horizontal length i typically see that in my weight loss patients but here's the thing with scars you know your doctor your surgeon will evaluate you and tell you you know what they think you need and if they're telling you you need the anchor scar you need the anchor scar and you really can't negotiate around that because your outcome is going to be horrible
0: right you can but you're going to make your your operation worse
1: yeah it's not what you need like if you need the anchor scar you need the anchor scar and there's no way around it you're not going to get that nipple where you want it you're not going to get that extra skin out unless you do these bigger incisions
0: well and then there are some other techniques we need to talk about where we're using i don't do this much in just breast lifts it's when we're doing other and we're doing internal lifts of the of the capsule with implants so I, I think we could probably leave those for another podcast but just realize that when you couple these techniques with implants or implant exchanges that you can also use some devices to help uh, lift the breast up the chest wall which include you know working on the capsule itself the the pocket and also putting in different meshes and different uh, types of uh, there's cadaver skin. There's all yeah. kinds of things that uh, I think will do that in a separate pod.
1: Well, I think one thing I always try to impress on my patients that I come in for a lift, um, and everyone's a little different, but generally speaking, a lift is not going to give you restoration of upper pole volume if you don't already have it. No. So upper pole volume is just exactly what it sounds like. It's the top part of the breast, which in youth is generally a little bit more full and filled out. And then over time, or with weight loss or with pregnancy, a lot of times that becomes more deflated. And so a lift is very good at removing extra skin and lifting up the nipple. It is not designed to restore volume if you've lost volume in the upper portion of the breast. And so if that's something that's important to you, then you do have to consider putting in an implant. Even a very, very small implant can do the job. A very small implant. I don't want to use very, very. Very small implant can do the job of...
0: <laughs> it's just very small. It's just very... You can very, you, you very. can do
1: very small. You can do small. You can do extra large. There's all sorts of implants you can put in there. The point being that it doesn't have to be a large, even a noticeably large implant to give you a little bit of extra volume up top if that's what you're looking for. Another good adjuvant to get breast volume up there is fat grafting. I do love fat grafting, especially if my patients are a little bit nervous about putting in an the implant. They really don't want that. You know, there are limits to how much volume I can get up top with fat grafting in one round, but I do think it's a good option.
0: Yeah, and I've done now three breast lift primaries, no implants with fat grafting. Yeah. And it works great.
1: It does, because you're tightening up that skin envelope, so you're getting a nice, tight skin envelope, which responds very well to the addition of volume, you know, through the fat and sometimes you know patients will have an extra round of fat grafting if they want a little bit more fat grafting is really just liposuction you wash the fat that you harvest with your liposuction and then you inject it right back wherever you want it
0: i need to put a section for that on my website i'm just realizing that i've done you know three of those pretty recently where they just wanted a primary lift like an anchor scar lift yeah with fat grafting simultaneously yeah It's It's good.
1: It's a good option. And then touching briefly on the other things you mentioned, the mesh, you can do that. We call it an internal bra. I don't, I didn't patent that, so I shouldn't say we, but it's colloquially known as an internal bra. And there are different kinds of meshes you can put in um, that range the gamut. I really only use meshes for my lifts and my uh, massive weight loss patients, which just have, don't have a lot of good support and volume in general. So I'll put an extra little support layer in there just to keep the skin from re-sagging too quickly.
0: Yeah. I, I'll use them with, with implants probably more. Yeah, but implants not, are great yeah, to use them It works great, but I, I don't think I have done them in, I typically use my lateral breast flap for mm. the skin when I'm doing that yeah. in, in massive weight loss patients. Without implants, which is pretty rare at this point, (laughs) which is good because those are super hard. If anybody wants to know a hard operation, it's a breast lift in a massive weight loss patient. That is like, it's up there. It's a challenge. It is not easy. You got a lot of issues with skin laxity, loss of volume, no coverage for the implants, no cover, no volume. If you want to do
1: nipples are always like pointed in and towards the center and it's yeah, yeah, it's it's
0: really, really difficult. Yeah. And that's why uh, you call Dr. Ravello, <laughs> Melison. What's your number for that? <laughs> Basically, yes. That's what I do. That's that's a lot of my. That practice. is her. That is her thing. <laughs> Even though I have a published paper on it, I I do I do a few of those a year, but not like you. Yeah, that's that's your gig. That's your jam. It oh, is. I like that.
1: See, back to the food. <laughs> I'm
0: telling you, it <laughs> is. <laughs> Kombucha on tap. That's my jam. All right. Well, uh, that was from that. Uh, Blake Griffin, the things people in LA say. <laughs> oh,
1: that sounds like something I wouldn't totally say here, do. Yes, totally, for sure.
0: <laughs> Thinking about starting a podcast. I really think I have something to say. <laughs> he did this whole thing. It was great. Oh my god! Just look it up on YouTube, Blake Griffin. It's like uh, s asterix asterix asterix. People in LA say. say.
1: Yeah, it's like the the YouTube version of Overhaired LA. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's totally. great.
0: Anyway, I think we got it. Yeah, I think we got it.
1: That was that was a good overview of breast lifts. Um, Stay tuned. We have a we have a podcast on lifts augmentation or mastopexy aug. um, Yeah, you can go back
0: and review those. Please subscribe. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss anything. Number one, number two, we want to thank our listeners because we are getting huge response from this podcast. We really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for listening.
0: There's more to come. But for now, this is the Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast coming to you from the 90210. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is brought to you by Rock Spa. This is MediSpa, located both in Beverly Hills and Newport Beach, providing services such as Botox, fillers, lasers, and all therapy, as well as hydrofacials and all the aesthetic products you could possibly need. It's run by the medical director me, Dr. Jay Calvert. Rock Spa Beverly Hills is located at 120 South Spalding Drive in Suite 340, Beverly Hills, 90212. The phone number there is 310-777-0496. And Rock Spa Newport Beach is located at 1617 Westcliff Drive, Newport Beach, California, 92660. The phone number there 949-640-640. One, 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 one. You can go to their respective websites, rockspanewportbeach.com or rockspabeverlyhills.com. Rock, Rock was created to help my patients maintain their aesthetic beauty in between whatever operations they have throughout their lives. It's something that allows patients to come in, get their facials, skin treatments, take care of all the Botox fillers and lasers that they need to keep up their beauty and if they've invested in any of the aesthetic operations I perform, it's the way to maintain those operations. If you mention this podcast, you will get the member's pricing for your hydrofacial. The Beverly Hills Plastic Surgery Podcast is the way that Dr. Ravello and I talk about the issues that are important to us in plastic surgery. But there's nothing better than getting to take care of our patients and do plastic surgery. Our practices are located in Beverly Hills, and I also have a satellite office in Newport Beach. You can learn about my practice at drcalvert.com, and you can reach my office by calling 310-77-8800. and that will get you an appointment either in Beverly Hills or at the Newport Beach office.
1: My practice is located in Beverly Hills. Our office phone number is three one zero nine five four one three five five. You can also contact us directly through the website, which is Rovelloplasticsurgery.com.
0: We look forward to seeing you in the office for some aesthetic tune-ups.